0: Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org uh, I had the privilege i 've had the privilege over the years uh, to spend a, a fair amount of time with those two folks right there. Uh, they have Mississippi roots and um, uh, some great people. you all may remember that uh, they were with us. Um, uh, last year to help us think about uh, Light of Moon Christmas Offering and, um, but I've, it's been a privilege of mine to to know those two and you heard that they've been there 30 years and God's blessed over the last 30 years they're in Central Asia now uh, just we during that video just then uh, we made sure that those that video did not go out over our broadcast uh, or you know any of our social media feeds because of security concerns for those two uh, because of where they're serving right now and uh but man it's been a privilege to know they they've spoken in churches here and uh at country woods where i've served as pastor i've eaten meals with them one time in moscow uh several years ago i ate a meal with them there i've spoken to him on the phone uh several times texted him multiple times just this past week uh, emailed him many times Uh, my heart for the chechen people is due in large part to the way God used him to speak into my heart uh, about the Chechen people. Our connection with another missionary couple who was here with us uh, last year, the serving in Central Asia now, is through uh, who you just saw there on the video. And hopefully we're going to see a video from that other couple uh, later on during this uh, this month. I'm working on that. Um, I get a monthly newsletter from those two, and you can too if you'd like to uh, talk to me after church and You can get a monthly newsletter from those two to keep you up to date on what's going on in their life and ministry so you can pray for them. Uh, I've prayed with them and uh, for them for a long, long time. So I know those folks pretty well. uh, But I'll tell you this, uh, I have never seen their feet. I've never seen their feet. But I can promise you this, they have beautiful feet. They have beautiful feet feet. I've never seen their physical feet. I've seen their shoes, but never their feet. But I can promise you that they have beautiful feet, both of them. I can say without hesitation, both of them have beautiful feet. Grab your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, we're going to look at verses 13 through 17. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can grab a pew Bible and turn to page 946. So I hope that you've got a Bible in front of you and I can be looking at scripture while we're reading. It's so important uh, to have the word of God in front of us during corporate worship, if at all possible. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 17 is where we're going to focus our attention today. So would you please stand for the reading of God's word? Romans ten thirteen probably a familiar verse to many of you. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But then verse 14 says this, "'Well, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching?' And how are they to preach unless they are sent? I love the way Paul just, you can just kind of feel the intensity growing with every one of those questions. And then he says there, as it is written, let me do verse 15 again. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Now you see why I said they've got beautiful feet. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Let's pray. So, Father, we do pray today, God, for those that we have seen on the video just now, God, we lift them up to you. Pray for your blessings to be upon them now. Continue, Lord, to shine your, uh, your light into their lives and through their lives in that uh, place that they're serving God, that you would use them in an incredible way. Thank you for their faithfulness over these last 30 years. And speak to us now, Holy Spirit, and stir our hearts as we study your word together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11, this is a a monumental section of Scripture In the New Testament, I mean, you could just spend a whole lot of time in these three chapters because in these three chapters, we see some of the real strong, important, essential, foundational truths for our doctrine and our theology. The theme of Romans 9, 10, 11, really the theme that runs through this whole section is simply but very profoundly salvation. Romans 9, 10, and 11, of course, I mean the whole word of God obviously talks about that. But these three chapters that Paul wrote here in the book of Romans, and the book of Romans is such an important book, the whole book, that informs our doctrine and our theology. But right here in this middle section, we've got this, uh, the middle part of this book, we've got this section, Romans 9, 10, and 11, that really focuses on salvation. And then in the middle of this section, we've got Romans chapter 10. And so in this chapter, in chapter 10, let me just kind of walk through it. If you've got your Bible open, just look at chapter 10 and kind of back up to verse 1. We're just going to real quickly run through these first verses and kind of get a running start into our uh, passage that we're looking at today. So in this chapter, we learn, first of all, that Paul had a passionate desire for the Jews to be saved. You see what he says there in verse 1, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them he's talking about the Jewish people, is that they be saved. And the reason he was so passionate is because the Jews, as they still are, are attempting to be saved on the basis of their zeal and their good works. Well, we know that the Word of God tells us that you're not saved by your good works. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that we talk about all the time. We quote these verses all the time because they're so important to us. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by what? Works. Not by works, so that no one can boast. So Paul has a, a passionate desire for his people, he was a Jew, and for his people to be saved by placing their faith and trust in Christ alone. He knew that they would never be saved by their good works, because the only way to be saved is by believing in Christ alone for your salvation. Amen? Amen. We know that's the truth. Look at what verse 4 says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And so our, 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 our salvation comes through believing in Christ. Then you get to verse 5 through 8, and we see verses 5 through 8, for Moses writes about the righteousness is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith that we proclaim. And so Paul is saying here that it doesn't do any good. You can't try to go up to heaven to bring righteousness down or to go down into the abyss to bring Christ up. Because he's already been raised from the dead. I love what David Jeremiah says about this section here. He says, no worldwide journey is needed. Christ is is absolutely accessible by faith. As near as a person's mouth and heart, all they have to do is to reach out and receive him by faith. So Paul continues talking about this all about faith. You can't try to go up to heaven to get righteousness. You can't try to go down to the abyss to bring Christ up. He's already been resurrected from the grave, so believe in him and trust in Christ alone. And then we get to those, those signature verses, verses 9 and 10. Again, verses that we're probably familiar with. They're part of what we call the Roman road to salvation. We use them a lot. Verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead... You will be saved, then verse 10, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And so the good news is that right there, you confess with your mouth. And so if you're here today and you don't know Christ, if you're watching this service today and you don't know Jesus, you've never been saved, then that, I just told you what needs to happen. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord of my life. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And then that can happen to anybody anywhere at any time. The good news is that this opportunity to be saved is available to anybody and everybody no matter what their race or social status is or their gender or their background. Because look at what verse 12 says. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him. And then we see there the verse uh, 13 that we're focused, that we began our passage with, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So since God makes no distinctions, we shouldn't make any distinctions. Since God wants all people to be saved, we should want all people to be saved. And so the application for this message today, and it's a little bit longer statement here, so I'm going to leave it up on the screen a little bit longer in case you want to jot it down. The application for this message is God calls us to use our feet to go to those who are lost, whoever and wherever they are, and tell them about Jesus. So I'm just going to leave that up there for just a second. Let that sink in today because the, the, the title of the message it talks about us having beautiful feet. Do you have beautiful feet? What do your feet look like? And, and, and God calls us to use our feet to go to those who are lost, whoever and wherever they are, and tell them about Jesus. So, there are four ways that we use our feet. Four ways that we use our feet. Let's talk about them. Number one, we use our feet to go boldly. We're to use our feet to go to the lost, whoever and wherever they are, and tell them about Jesus. And so we use our feet to go boldly. And the reason we use our feet to go boldly is because we we believe verse 13. We believe verse 13. Look at what it says again. You might be able to say that one from memory. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We go boldly. We use our feet to go boldly because we believe, verse 13, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We use our feet to go boldly into our world because we believe that anybody, anywhere, and at any time can be saved by calling on the name of the Lord. Do you believe that, church? Amen? And we believe that, so because we believe that, because we believe the truth of God's word, we can go boldly into the world. We can go boldly with the gospel. That's why the gospel is such good news. The word gospel, euangelion, literally means good news. There's no better news that I could share with you or share with anybody anywhere in the world than if you need Jesus, you can be saved today. It's the best news ever. We don't have to shrink back. We don't have to be afraid or embarrassed or timid about in telling other people about Jesus. We can and must go boldly, church. Go boldly. We can. So the, because the Bible is so clear. Before I read some of these verses, but you think about what the Word of God says. The Bible is so clear that everyone is a sinner. Romans 3.23, we could back up over there a few chapters before this. A Romans 3.23 that says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul said there's no one who does right. No one. No one. In your own goodness, you are a sinner lost without Christ. No matter how many good works you do, no matter how many times you sit in church, no matter how many times you read the Bible, How much money you give to the church, you're a sinner if you don't have Christ. Everyone, everyone is a sinner. And everyone who doesn't know Jesus is lost and is on their way to hell. We need to be reminded of that. That every time someone dies, if they die apart from Christ, they go to hell and they never have another chance. It's over. There's no purgatory. There's no praying them out of hell and out of purgatory into heaven. They're dead. They're lost. They're in hell forever. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That means spiritual separation, eternal separation from God. Everyone, and everyone needs a Savior. And his name is, say it, Jesus. Everyone needs a Savior. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus himself said in Luke 19.10, he said, I have come to seek and to save those who are lost. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord and believes in him will be saved. That's why we can use our feet to go boldly. We better. I read an article this week. and talks about that there are three ingredients to Christian boldness three ingredients are, number one, spirit-empowered conviction. In other words, when the Holy Spirit burns into your heart the conviction of the truths of the Word of God and the conviction of the truths of the gospel of what I just shared with you, that everybody is lost apart from Christ, everybody who dies apart from Christ goes to hell, everybody needs a Savior, and everyone can call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Then we'll have that spirit-empowered conviction to go boldly. The second ingredient is courage. And that comes from the Holy Spirit, too. Well, John, I can't witness people now. I don't, I don't know how to do that. I'm afraid to. Do that. listen when the word of God, when the Spirit of God is working in your life, you can have the courage that you need, and God will give you the words that you need to say. And the third ingredient is urgency, that we will be bold when the urgency of a lost and dying world breaks our hearts, Which leads to the next way that we use our feet. We use our feet to go urgently. We use our feet to go boldly because we, we believe, verse 13, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We believe and we will use our feet to go urgently because we believe, verse 14, that says to us, how then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe of, uh, in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Listen to me, my friends. We believe we must use our feet to go urgently because we believe this that this is God's plan for missions and evangelism. This is God's plan for missions and evangelism. That people go, that people are sent to go tell people everywhere about Jesus Christ. You know the Great Commission. In 2023, at the end, I'm telling Gil now and I'm telling the rest of y'all, at the end of every worship service in 2023, we're going to end the worship service before we sing our closing hymn and then the refuge. At the end of the worship service, we're going to say the Great Commission together every Sunday in 2023 to remind us that Jesus said, You go. Go into all the world. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, listen to me. When we hear the word nations, most of the time we think about United States of America. We think about England. We think about Russia. We think about nations. And that's correct. But when you look at what the Greek word says here, listen to me closely. The Greek word is the Greek word ta ethne. In other words, it means people groups. Go and make disciples of all people groups. All groups of people, Jesus said to reach all the people groups. Now, I want to take just a minute. Now, listen to me, all This may get a little tedious, what I'm about to do, but I please, I'm asking you to please listen so that you'll understand the need to use our feet to go urgently. I want to talk to you just for a moment about, uh, about these people groups. And they are known as UUPGs. U-U-P-G. It means unreached, unengaged people groups. Now let me tell you what what these groups are. Let me tell you about these groups. Unengaged, unreached people groups. These are groups of people around the world. Listen to me closely. These are people groups around the world where there is no indigenous community of believers who are able to share the gospel. Right here in this room is an indigenous community of believers. Because there's a whole bunch of us in here that know Jesus. And we're a community together and we're in this community together. So we have this. There are people groups in the world where there is no indigenous, there's there's no group of believers in the entire people group. That's one thing about them. And the second thing about him is that there is no strategy in place to plant evangelical Christian churches within that group. In other words, they are lost without Christ, there are no Christians in that group, and there's no plan to plant any churches in that group. It's hard for us to get our brain around that, but I want you to understand how the the urgency, I want you to listen to this, the urgency of this moment. I don't want to bore you with a bunch of numbers, but maybe hearing these numbers will help you see and feel the urgency of the moment that we are living in. The International Mission Board, our Southern Baptist International Mission Board, has eight affinity groups around the world. Eight groups, uh, geographical groups around the world, uh, where our three thousand five hundred and fifty-two missionaries are working. Now, let me tell you about these people, these these affinity groups, these eight geographical groups around the world. The first one is the European peoples. It's a UUP. There are in in the European peoples there are two hundred and thirty-three of these unengaged, unreached people groups with a population of 11.4 million people. 11.4 million people that have no Christians in them and no strategy to plant a church to reach those people for Christ. The North African, Middle Eastern peoples have 472 of these unengaged, unreached people groups with a population of 113 million people. A hundred and thirteen million people that have no Christians among them with no strategy to plan a church to start reaching people with the gospel. The next is the Sub-Saharan African Peoples, 463 UUPGs, 463 of these unengaged, unreached people groups with a population of 46.8 million. The next one of the Central Asian Peoples that we heard from our missionaries here, the Central Asian Peoples have 154 of these unengaged, unreached people groups with a population of 25.2 million people. 25.2 million people with no Christians in that group and no strategy to plant a church within that group. The next one are the uh, the South Asian peoples. 1013 unreached unengaged people groups with a population of 17.5 uh, 43.8 million. The next one are the Asian Pacific Rim peoples, 472 unengaged, unreached people groups with a population of 17.5 million. The next one are the American peoples. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about South America, Central America, 229 UUPGs with a population of 1.4 million. And the last one are the deaf peoples around the world. Deaf peoples around the world with a population with 147 of these UUPGs among the deaf peoples around the world with a population of 13.2 million. Let me give you the grand totals. The grand total. There are 3,184 unengaged unreached people groups around our world with a population of 272,703,318. Almost 273 million people that have no Christians among them and no strategy to plant a church among those peoples. So I can hear your thoughts right now. But John, there are lost people right here too. I agree. We need to reach them. I agree. So go reach them. We will reach them. God, give us flora. We keep praying that and we keep working toward that. There is absolutely no reason why every person in this room with this group that is in this room right now. With the group that is in this room right now. We could reach every person in flora Mississippi with the gospel. With, with this group right now. We could touch every person, every person in the city limits of flora Mississippi. We could touch every person in this town with the gospel. With the people in this room right now. So we gonna do that. But understand this, the difference is Oh, John, there's lost people right here around us, so we need to reach them. Here's the difference. We're sitting in a church that has about 1,200 members who are all supposed to be sharing the gospel, and two blocks away, there's another church that has a bunch of members that are also supposed to be sharing the gospel, and just across the tracks, there's another uh, another church that uh, is supposed to be sharing the gospel, and just down the road, there's another church that's supposed to be sharing the gospel, and you keep on going toward Livingston, and there's a couple more but before you. get to Livingston that are supposed to be sharing the gospel and then when you get to Livingston there's one at Livingston that's supposed to be sharing the gospel and then you go on over to Madison and in Madison County alone there the population of Madison County is 110,000 110,000 and just Southern Baptists, we got 22 Southern Baptist churches in Madison County alone that ain't counting the Methodists and the Presbyterians and everybody else is supposed to be sharing the gospel Do you hear that? In Mississippi, we have a population of 2.9 million and have 2,100 Southern Baptist churches. That's not counting all the other churches in Mississippi that are supposed to reach the population of 2.9 million. When you're talking about 273 million that have no churches and no Christians. Do you hear the urgency in that? So it means that we need to use our feet boldly and urgently and then we need to use our feet obediently. Obediently because we believe verses 15 and 16 and how are they to preach unless they're sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news but they've not all obeyed the gospel so we must use our feet to go obediently because somebody Even in this room today, or watching this service today, somebody has got to be sent to these people. Somebody has got to go. Somebody has got to obey and go. And when I'm talking about going, I'm talking about go. And go preach the gospel to these people, even if they don't obey, because not everybody's going to obey, even in Florida, Mississippi. But somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to go. Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord in Isaiah 68 because God said, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here am I, Lord, send me. we just saying that. Who here today is going to say that? Here am I, Lord, send me. I'll go, Lord, that 270 million people has broken my heart, God. I will go. Who's going to say, Here am I, send me? Who's going to do that? Jesus said in John four thirty five, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are ready for harvest. Who is going to lift their eyes up today and see the 273 million people that have no Christians and no churches among them and see those vast fields and say, I'll go. I'll obey. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 36-30, He says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. Who here is going to have the compassion of Christ and go into the harvest field? Listen again. How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Who among us today is being sent? Who is being sent? Who today is going to hear the call of God and obey his voice and go? Is it you? Is it you? Is God calling you to go? Is he sending you out into his harvest field? Is he calling you? Are you supposed to go and give your life among one of those 3,000 unengaged, unreached people groups? Are you supposed to go? Well, if you're not called to go, because not everybody is, then what will you give so others can go what will you give so that others can go maybe you need to obey use your feet to obey and obey and use your feet to go get your checkbook and write the biggest check you've ever written to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering Maybe you need to use your feet today and obey and go to the bank and make a withdrawal tomorrow. Maybe you need to use your feet to go to that safe that you have at your house and get some of that cash out and bring it down here and give it to the Lighty Moon Christmas offering. Maybe you need to use that feet to go see your lawyer and change your will so that part of your estate will go toward calling missionaries out and sending missionaries out. We're all called to be a part of the mission strategy of Christ in some way. Some will go, and somebody here needs to go. And some will give, and some will give and go. And finally, we'll use our feet to go believingly. Because we believe, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Let me wrap this thing up. We believe, verse 17. We believe that those who hear the word of Christ will have the opportunity to be saved. So go preach the simple truth of God's word. The simple truth of the gospel of Jesus. Because it's not our words who will save somebody, but it's Christ's words who will save somebody. Amen? So go. Charles Spurgeon said, I say the word of God delivered as we find it is what, what will bring faith to the souls of men when it is heard. So... Today, I have used my feet to walk out of my house this morning, to get in my truck, and to come down here and to walk into this room and to walk up onto this platform. I've used my feet to stand behind this pulpit and proclaim the life-changing good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and issue a call to you to follow him in obedience. Now, I'm going to ask you to use your feet. It's time for you to use your feet boldly, urgently, obediently, believingly. I'm asking you to use your feet. I'm asking you here in just a moment, we sing this hymn of invitation, that you'll use your feet to come down to this altar and get on your face before the Lord and pray for the millions upon millions upon millions of people around this world that don't know Jesus is Lord and Savior ask you to use your feet today to walk down this aisle today and come and let your church family know that you are being called to the mission field. I just got a book in the mail this past week. I had not started reading it yet, but the title of it is Calling Out the Called. Calling out those in the church who are called to go. And there may be somebody here today, a young person here today, Even an adult here today who says, I'm supposed to go. And I'm going. And I promise you, you make that commitment and this church family will get behind you 100% and help you every way we can to make sure that you have the resources and the ability to be able to go and fulfill the calling of God upon your life. Use your feet to step out in faith and give more than you've ever given to the Light of Moon Christmas offering. Or maybe to... Use your feet to take that first step of faith and come down here and give your life to Christ today. Use your feet. Don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer. Remember, the preacher talked about that a few weeks ago in the book of James. So will you use your feet today to obey Jesus? Let's go to him in prayer. So Father, I do pray that you'll help us now, God, in these moments of invitation. To say yes to you. Lord, to use our feet. God, I pray. Lord, if there's somebody in this room today that right now their heart's beating faster than it's ever beaten. They know that you have placed your hand upon their life and you have called them out. You are calling them out to go. And to give their lives. To live and serve you as a missionary, as a pastor, as a minister. Lord, draw them out, call them out now. Lord, help them to use their feet to step forward and say, yes, I will say yes. God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. God, I'll be whatever you want me to be. Others, God, I pray that we'll just use our feet today. God, whatever that means for all of us, each of us, help us to use our feet today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.